0: PC users who can handle the truth. And now, here's your host, Gene Steinberg. Joining us this week on the Tech Night How Live, we'll be featuring Adam Inkst of Tidbits and Take Control Books to talk about the Apple eBook loss in a Department of Justice trial. We'll also hear from Brian Chaffin of the Mac Observer and maybe a surprise guest or two on the Tech Night Owl Live. Ah! Now, when they came time to pass that Obamacare bill in Washington, there were complaints over the fact that it was over two thousand pages in length, and they claimed that some people never even read it before they passed it. But we realize that documents, legal documents or laws, are very very big. So we realize here that in the case of the Department of Justice involving Apple over ebook price fixing that the judge who presided over the case would write an opinion that was very big. And you have to wonder, maybe she's written more words than Isaac
1: Asimov? (laughs) She certainly got it out pretty quickly. Well, 160 pages? Now, is this double-spaced? Yes, it is. Literally
0: double-spaced. It's very, very easy on the eyes, white-space-wise. Okay, you know, legal opinions, it could be almost triple-spaced the way legal documents are written. So maybe if you and I wrote this, it would be 80
1: pages. Perhaps. I mean, it's definitely not aiming for, for brevity. But here's the shocking thing. It's not too bad. You, know, you get past all the little nonsense preamble stuff where they're telling you that, you know, Eddie Q will refer, you know, thereafter be referred to as Q. And you're like, okay, got it. <laughs> I bet he
0: appreciates that, that he's going to be referred to from hereafter as, as Q. Q.
1: Yes. Hello, Q. Let's hope he's a gadget guy. So so the once you get to that, then it's this basic chronology of the entire situation with explanation and quotes. And it's not half bad. I mean, believe me, I've read some of these legal things in the past, and you make you want to rip your eyeballs out.
0: Well, before anyone rips their eyeballs out, just think, maybe you want to write
1: a book for Take Control Books. <laughs> <laughs> you, you know, I'm reading this, and I'm thinking huh, I wonder if this is one of those public documents that could just be, you know, turned into EPUB format and sold on the, uh, sold on the iBookstore.
0: <laughs> you think about the copyright there. All right, we know that eBooks have taken over. We know that more times now than ever, people buy the electronic version of a book rather than the physical book. Now, some of us like physical books, but we see the handwriting on the wall. Of course, you are a guy who has a company that specializes in eBooks. Yes. So you appreciate this because that works in your favor. But then there was this Department of Justice action, also involving 33 states, that Apple conspired with major publishers, the five big publishers we've all heard about, to raise the retail prices of e-books. And that, of course, would be a bad thing if true. So what was the essence of the charge and the essence of what Apple said? Then, let's look at the chronology.
1: The essence of the charge is, as you say, that Apple conspired with the publishers that control about 50% of the book market and 90% of the New York Times bestseller list. So these are the big guys. We were not involved or, or, uh, or consulted in any way, shape, or form. And you were waiting on the phone. Yeah, so that call just never came. It was terrible. And they but said to it, you, don't worry, we'll call you. <laughs> and And so the conspiracy was, and this, I sort of hate to say it like that, but, but the, the conspiracy in a legal sense was Apple working with the publishers to come up with a system that would have the effect of raising ebook prices everywhere. So, not just that, oh, Apple would be selling things in the iBook store for a little bit more money than Amazon was or anything like that, but where the prices of eBooks across the entire industry would go up.
0: Okay, and so this is, is a grand judge, conspiracy that impacts the public because if people have to pay more for eBooks. Then they've got less money to pay for cable TV. I mean, clearly. Sure, or for buy food or yeah. make the car payment or the mortgage payment. We understand this.
1: In general, I mean, antitrust law is designed to prevent these kind of actions which will affect an entire industry, and in particular with the consumer price aspect of that.
0: Now, just as a point of reference, this doesn't happen very often. The Department of Justice doesn't really go after too many people nowadays for antitrust violations. This is almost a unique situation.
1: It's unusual, and I think part of the reason why it's unusual is it's hard, actually, that you have to be pretty special to be in a situation where you have the clout to be able to uh, affect an entire industry. Apple's in that position at this point. Who could have thunk it? All the people who are saying Apple is
0: dead. Well, Apple is dead, but they conspired with the major publishers in the industry to raise ebook book prices. Okay, so the Department of Justice
1: decides to crack down on this because of this alleged conspiracy. Right. And, and it's worth keeping in mind, actually, ahead of time, that you can do this even if you're a newcomer to the market, which Apple was. So it wasn't like Apple was in this market and they figured out a way to completely take it over or anything like that. They didn't even get most of the market share by the end of it, that all they were, did was violate the Sherman Antitrust Act, by their actions and even if those actions do not have certain results you know it is still a violation. So we start at the beginning.
0: Yes, but um, we should mention as we continue with this a lot of you have probably heard a little bit of the legal byplay on this case such as taking paragraphs out of a draft letter from Steve Jobs which was never actually sent. But this presumably was one of the arguments Apple made. All right, Apple says they did nothing wrong.
1: Well, you really have to, you have to follow along with the, the whole story to see where it comes from. Um, because in some ways, Apple didn't do any specific thing wrong. It was more that when you add up all of the things that they did, that you end up with a wrong action.
0: Okay, so maybe the intent here was to benefit
1: everybody, but the end result was to fix prices so so i mean one of the things that keep in mind but in many monopoly actions the things that the companies do aren't in and of themselves a problem it's only when they are done across the entire industry with too many partners who shouldn't be working together but should be competing that those otherwise innocent actions become a problem that's exactly what happened here so it really all begins with amazon let's be real that Amazon started the whole ball rolling by selling new releases of ebooks for $9.99. Why is this a problem? It's a problem because they were buying them for say $13, 14, 15 a piece. Amazon was losing money on every sale to get the price of those ebooks to be essentially fixed in consumers' minds at 9.99. Now let's just back up a little bit here. Publishers got the full price, no matter what. Yes, they did. This is what's called the wholesale pricing model. So this is just like a car dealer. Yes. And he
0: pays $26,000 for a Toyota Camry, and he sells it for Mm $24,000. And that may not make sense, but he wants to build cash flow. So he sells it at a loss (laughs) to bring in traffic to build cash flow for his business. Whatever reason
1: that's his business. So let's look at this in the book world. The way wholesale pricing works is a publisher says, "I have this $30 hardcover, new release, going to be a bestseller, where it's going to be great." Bookstores, and this applies to ebooks as well when the hardcover is new, bookstores can buy that book for $15 roughly, half half price. And then they resell it if a bookstore might sell a thirty dollar book for twenty five dollars so they're they 're making they 're making money. the publishers are making money Everyone's and sometimes
0: happy. at the end of the food chain, the poor suffering writers make money precisely and um, that 's really complicated because what they get is often based on the wholesale price or whether they sell it to a particular place for less than the wholesale price it 's very complicated and maybe that's a reason why writers quite often feel, you know what, maybe we're being ripped off. But that same thing is true for the music industry by the way. So, we see where so, that goes. We have exactly. Adam Inkst of Tidbits and Take Control books, and we're taking a lot of time here to talk about the Department of Justice lawsuit against Apple for ebook price fixing. Apple lost, as you know, but the background is fascinating, more to come on the Tech Night Out live. <laughs> folks you'll want to hear this no matter what size your business people don't take you seriously unless you have a professional looking website you can empower your business with a stunning online presence, and it's free. Join over 30 million people who have built their websites with Wix. Once again, it's completely free. It requires absolutely no design or coding skills. Want to know more? Check out Wix.com. That's W-I-X dot gold if you listen to the radio watch tv or surf the net you're hearing about gold eventually you will ask
2: yourself is gold right for me the answer might surprise you We protect ourselves and our families from many things. Do you have medical insurance? Is your home insured? Do you carry life insurance? How about financial insurance? If you own gold, then the answer is yes. If you don't own gold, the question is why don't you have financial insurance? We put our faith in things we trust. Do you trust the dollar? Do you trust the economy? Do you trust the government? Gold has always been something you can trust. For thousands of years, people have put their faith in gold. Where will you put your faith? Now is the time to protect yourself and your family. Call Midas Resources today at 1-800-686-2237, extension 242. 1-800-686-2237, extension 242. And ask for Jim Parker. Let me help you get started today. 1-800-686-2237, extension 242.
3: What does freedom mean to you? How about the freedom to take control of your own future? At eFoods Direct, we're again celebrating Food Freedom Month. In July, for every $329 you spend on our highly nutritious, great-tasting food, you will receive a $190 Patriot Pack free. For example, purchase a six-month supply and get three Patriot Packs free. The Patriot Pack is a 24-day supply of eFood's quick-fix, easy-to-store food, plus stove, fuel, and cook pot. All in an easy-to-carry bucket. Patriot Packs are the ideal grab-and-go emergency kit for your car or to have by the back door. Perfect for your cabin or camping trip this summer. Or even simply to add more food to your supply, free. Call 800-409-5633 or go to efoodsdirect.com slash alex and get your free Patriot Pack with purchase. Call 800-409-5633 or efoodsdirect.com slash alex. And remember, free shipping every day.
4: Virtually anyone can hack your cell phone and track your calls, your texts, your emails, your every movement, but only if they can detect a signal. Stay one step ahead of hackers and Big Brother with a Blockit Pocket. A custom made pocket infused with pure silver that creates a complete Faraday enclosure for your cell phone. For free shipping to the Lore 48, visit BlockitPocket.com or call 888 315 9618. BlockitPocket.com. Enhancing health and privacy.
5: Stop wasting countless hours scouring the web for survival gear when you can visit GearUpCenter.com. We specialize in the latest, most innovative products you can't find anywhere else. Products like the Croval Multi-Tool, Aquaponic Systems, and our fully loaded Bug Out Survival Trailer. Tim Rawlson here. I create created gear Up Center to bring you the latest quality-tested survival gear at the best price. Be sure to catch me again next season on National Geographic's Doomsday Prepper, where I'll be demonstrating my new Excalibur Shotgun Adapter System. Get the gear your life can depend on at GearUpCenter.com. And remember, prepare for the worst and hope for the best.
0: Okay, on the Tech Night Out Live, Adam Inkst, who has read all 160 pages of the decision against Apple, and we're painting the picture here. So we have a situation here, as you spelled out, Adam Inkst, that the publishers would sell their e-books to a place like Amazon, but Amazon, wanting to set the price,
1: would sell them for less money,
0: I guess, to build market Precisely. share, to, to, to get to more build people. To market
1: share, to get the customers, and sure. this bugged the publishers to no end. There are terms like hate and the wretched 9.99 price and I mean the invective at the publisher level was pretty extreme. And the reason why they were concerned was they didn't want consumers, book readers to think of books as costing that little. You know, if, you're, if, you're, if your price points are normally, you know 25, 30, 35 dollars, and suddenly everyone starts to think of your books as costing 10 dollars, you might be pretty unhappy.
0: Because people will then say, "I'm not going to buy this book because it's 25 dollars. that's a rip-off. I should be paying 999." 99 Precisely.
1: So that's the first thing that happens. The second thing that happens, and the publishers have starting to try ways around this, none of which are really working. Suddenly, Apple comes to them and says, "Hi, we're going to start an, the iBook store And we're going to release this thing called the iPad, which is going to be a great reader to compete with the Kindle. And do you want in? And when Apple goes to the publishers initially, Apple assumes that it's going to be doing what it does with music and movies, which is to do this wholesale buying approach where, you know, Apple would pay, you know, $15 and and mark the book up a little bit and, you know, and resell it. Publishers, however, see this as a great opportunity to solve what is called, quote, the Amazon problem. And they say, well, what if we change from a wholesale model to an agency model? And now the agency model is what Apple does with the App Store and the Mac App Store, where publishers set the price and Apple gets 30%. So what this does is it puts the price control back in the hands of the publishers, and that was something they really wanted. Now, the problem with the agency model is that if you actually work out the math, the publishers get quite a bit less money. By some estimates, they would earn about 17% less than with the wholesale model so you can see just how desperate this industry is they're willing to lose 17 percent of their revenues to regain price control over books okay that's almost
0: illogical but i'll go with
1: that that's i mean is it is illogical in some ways but that's how much they hated what amazon was doing so apple looks at this and says well you know okay we like the agency model you know we're used to using it for our for our other stuff but there's two problems with it one is that what's stopping the publishers from setting ridiculous prices Maybe those books are going to start showing up in the iBookstore for twenty nine ninety nine, while Amazon's selling them for nine ninety nine. That's going to make us look like bozos. Apple, I think, is sensitive to being seen as the high priced option from historical reasons. So that was that was problem number one, and they, uh, that was the main problem. And so they solved this in two different ways. The first was they said, "Okay, we're going to set." Price caps. We're actually going to have these tiers, and they'll be sort of associated with the price of hardcover. So if a hardcover costs, um, you know, twenty-five to twenty-seven dollars, it's going to be twelve ninety-nine in the iBook store. If it's twenty-seven to thirty dollars, it'll be fourteen ninety-nine, and so on. Publishers didn't much like that because it took some of their pricing control away. But then here's the real trick, which is that Apple came up with this thing that said, well. Still, what's stopping Amazon from undercutting us hugely? So we want the ability to match Amazon's price anytime they're cheaper. This is called a most favored nation clause. And so, what, so basically, if Amazon charges $9.99 and the iBookstore has the same book at fourteen ninety nine, well, Apple can just drop the price of that book, even though the publishers don't like it and don't, don't want that book to be sold cheaper. So this is this is sort of the key because it has a very specific effect that is what got Apple in trouble. And remember we've talked about these two models, wholesale and agency. And what the Most Favored Nation Clause does, the way Apple had set it up, is it forces the publishers to move every other ebook retailer in the world, including Amazon, to the agency model. Because otherwise, Amazon will undercut them, Apple will match the undercut price, and the publishers will get just truly destroyed in terms of their profit margins. Okay,
0: so the end result here is that instead of Amazon
1: controlling the price, Apple controls the price. Precisely. And... Here's the other thing. It's not so much Apple controlling the price. It's sort of Apple and the publishers in this uneasy alliance controlling the price. But Apple being the
0: gatekeeper here.
1: But because, yeah, yeah. but here's the thing. But because everyone else is going to be forced to switch to the agency model, too, prices are going to be the same everywhere because the publishers set them. And okay, they have to set them according to Apple's tiers. So they're going to be the same as they are in the iBook store, as at Amazon, at, at Google, at Barnes & Noble, everywhere. So this is like forcing industry standard price protection. That's what I'm seeing. Precisely. That's why this is a violation of antitrust law In the judge's opinion. And the thing is, is I mean, it, it's, it's fascinating because it's subtle. You don't quite realize. I'm not even sure that... Apple realized this when they were doing it. That, you know, they, they kind of it, it was these sort of set of logical consequences that suddenly ended up here. And so it wasn't like they intended to take over ebook pricing for the entire industry. They didn't mean to do that, I don't believe. It's just that this is the logical, rational outcome of everything Apple did, and there's no way around it. Okay, now,
0: in her 160-page decision, the judge spelled all this out, explained the road paved with good intentions, and Judge Cote <laughs> pointed out how what Apple did was an antitrust violation. Now, to make matters worse for Apple, though, all the other publishers settled before <laughs> the case came to Apple. Now, what kind of settlement did they make? Just say, we're not going
1: to do it anymore, we're going to... Give money what? They, they caved so quickly it wasn't funny. I mean, I mean, it's not quite fair. I mean, it took, you know, months and years for some of them, but, but nonetheless, they didn't basically fight at all. Um, so, so, yeah, he, what the publishers agreed to was basically to eliminate all their existing agreements and renegotiate them in such a way that retailers could discount the prices, but not necessarily discount below cost. So in essence, um, they just had to kind of throw out all their reselling, reselling agreements, which they would already just, remember, keep in mind, they had just changed these from whatever they were to the agency model. And they, to, they were t- told to throw them out and renegotiate them, which allowed Amazon and whoever else to go back to the wholesale model if they preferred that or stick with the agency model if they preferred that for some reason.
0: For some reason, we got to do a break. We have Adam Inks, some tidbits, and take control books. I'm Gene Steinberger in the Tech Night Out Live.
7: America's number one source for independent talk radio for over a decade. We are the GCN Radio Network. Attack of the
8: Rockoids has been well received by critics and readers alike. It's a -a thrill-a-minute story you'll never forget.
9: Time and time again. Do
10: you need to come here?
11: Wouldn't it be nice to have one product that replaces more than 10, saving you space, time, and money? HempUSA.org has a complete full-spectrum vitamin mineral detox formulation called Micro Plant Powder Gold. Micro Plant Powder Gold contains 101 vitamins, minerals, probiotics, and iodine, has a 100-year shelf life, and is a perfect addition to any storage shelter. Make Micro Plant Powder Gold your choice. Call 888-910-4367 or visit HempUSA.org today.
7: HempUSA.org has a revolutionary wonder food for detoxing the body and rebuilding the immune system. Microplant Powder can help unclog arteries and soften heart valves while removing heavy metals, virus, fungus, bacteria, and parasites. Plus, it cleans and purifies the blood, lungs, stomach, and colon. Keep your body clean with Microplant Powder. Order today at 888-910-4367 or visit HempUSA.org.
12: Did you know that 50% of heart attacks are brought on by infections? Did you know that hospitals are breeding grounds for antibiotic-resistant bugs like MRSA, the environment is infected with parasites and the mild winter means ticks with Lyme disease, mosquitoes with West Nile virus and cold and flu viruses will be on the rise. Protect yourself with nature's natural antiparasitic, antiviral, antifungal, antibiotic, allicin, the heart of garlic. Get concentrated protection with Ali c and Aliban ban from Affinity Health Products. One capsule of Ali c equals 40 cloves of garlic or 100 garlic pills with no garlic breath. Aliban ban has allicin in spray, liquid and cream forms with three times more strength than. lead Brands and cost less. Go to ally C.com, spelled A L L I C.com, or call 855 Allison. That's 855 255 4246. That's 855 255 4246. Protect yourself with Ali C and Ali Van from Affinity Health Products at ally C.com.
10: Live with Gene Steinberg. It's the tech night owl because you never know what's going to happen next we have
0: adam inks of tidbits and take control books i'm gene steinberg you're in the tech night out live and was it hubris on the part of apple to believe that they would emerge victorious Whereas the rest of the publishing industry caved one by one, being charged with ebook price fixing. So basically, the thing here is that the publishers said, we're not going to do it again. That's basically what they agreed. Yeah. So if they agreed that, isn't Apple left alone? What, what does Apple do in that case? If Apple is being the last actor in this horrible conspiracy and everybody else has caved and those are the ones who supply the books... <laughs> How does Apple do anything to preserve the conspiracy? It's kind of funny.
1: I'm wondering I mean, about that. I mean, the question is, why is Apple continuing to fight? I mean, basically, the problem, the, the lawsuit doesn't go away if, if all of the other uh, parties settle. That doesn't, that doesn't affect anything. Because basically this thing happened, it had an effect, the suit was filed, it has to it has to kind of go through unless one part you know, unless basically the Department of Justice said, well, okay, we you know, we're happy, this all fell apart, so we don't need to continue. But because Apple kept fighting, they were of course going to continue. The main reason why I can think why Apple is continuing to fight this is one, they they may legitimately believe that they weren't doing anything really wrong. So there's kind of that, yeah, you know, but it's not our fault. And two, I think there is definitely a little bit of Apple doesn't want to be seen as Microsoft, basically. I mean, Microsoft violated antitrust law and was slapped for it by the Justice Department. Apple doesn't want to be, uh, you know, tarred with that same brush from a simple you know, PR, uh, not you know, not wanting to be the bad guy, kind of sense.
0: And now they're being left. Okay, so the decision comes down, and let's look more at the findings here. Basically, Apple made a number of arguments in their favor, and she disagreed.
1: Pretty much shot them all down. Um, there's, uh, and this is one of those things where. It's a little bit hard to really, really understand what's going on because, you know, frankly, to to analyze it, you have to be an antitrust lawyer. Um, there are relatively few disagreements about what happened. So you know when when you know you go through the the testimony and what's happening, it doesn't sound like there's there's anyone's really complaining too much about that. Um, where I do think there are some issues is with the interpretation of some of the legal sides of things. So, for instance, there is there is a. a There's a couple of ways of looking at whether or not Apple is what's called um, a horizontal conspiracy or a vertical conspiracy. It sort of depends on where Apple fits in the ecosystem of things. She's seeing Apple as a horizontal player, which makes makes it easier to come up with an antitrust conclusion than if Apple were a vertical player. So that's the kind of stuff the appeals court will look at. I don't know how to to evaluate that personally you know that that's 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 lawyer stuff
0: what really is surprising here is that i guess in theory the first offender was really amazon at least according to apple so amazon of course is innocent
1: i actually don't think
0: there's
1: amazon is innocent because amazon is not at trial this is this is the huge mistake that most people are making, that the simple fact of the matter is this is a trial of Apple's actions, nothing else. Apple did things wrong, according to the judge, and is dealing with that. So the fact that Amazon may have been the prime mover in where the entire scenario started Is entirely irrelevant to this case. It is not irrelevant to other cases, um, but someone else has to file a lawsuit against Amazon. Um, So, I mean, the judge even talks about that. She says, you know, if Apple is suggesting that Amazon was engaging in illegal monopolistic practices and that Apple's combination with the publisher defendants to deprive a monopolist of some of its market power is pro-competitive and healthy for its economy, it is wrong. This trial has not been the occasion to decide whether Amazon's choice to sell the New York Times bestsellers or other new releases as lost leaders was an unfair trade practice or in any other way violation of the law. If it was, however, the remedy for illegal conduct is a complaint lodged with the proper law enforcement offices or a civil suit or both. In other words, you got a problem with Amazon? Sue Amazon.
0: Okay. So she's saying instead of suing Amazon, which maybe Apple could have done, Apple went into partnership with all these publishers as a counterforce.
1: Well, Apple certainly had no intention of suing Amazon as, you know, it's not Apple's job to sort of make the world a better place by, you know, taking on bad guys. Isn't um, that
0: to the responsibility of the Department of Justice? So the Department possibly. of Justice feels that Amazon has done something that's unfair. And now that I guess we're reverting to some degree back to that situation, now will they just let Amazon do that? Feeling they won against Apple. Apple is now
1: the loser,
0: and they settled with all these publishing companies. So there's... Look,
1: it's not that Apple is the loser or anything like that. I mean, Apple has started a business, and they've got some percentage of the market. By some estimates, it's about 20%. Um, iBookstore has plenty of other problems um, competitively as well. Again, that's not the issue. People, People are really mistaking sort of what the role of all these different parties are. Basically, Apple was aiming to make the iBookstore a success. And so everything they did was aimed at doing that. The problem was it had some effects that caused antitrust violations. The publishers were interested in breaking Amazon's hold on the market, and the things they did weren't inherently a problem, except that they turned into a a problem because they all did it, they all did it simultaneously, and they all agreed to contracts with Apple that were, again, in the words of the court, illegal. Okay, so, so if they
0: did some of the stuff separately at different times, and maybe the contracts totally, were slightly totally different.
1: Yep, totally fine. You just can't have collusion. And, and so, and again, keep in mind that Amazon's doing all this stuff. At this point in time, the ebook market is minuscule. You know, the book market, by some estimates at this time, was 35 to $42 billion a year. And the ebook market for best sell for you know new releases and bestsellers was a hundred million a year. It was chump change. And so, should the Justice Department have been watching that? Maybe, maybe not. I mean, you know, it's not really. I mean, at that point, the ebook market isn't a market on its own. It's a tiny, tiny portion of another market. And so, at that point, maybe as Amazon's acting badly. Um, but certainly, not, but potentially not illegally so, so that 's why this stuff is so complicated, and even now, maybe Amazon is still acting badly, but i don 't think they 're really doing the the cutting you know selling below cost across the board anymore, but they also have less of the market share than they used to, so maybe they can 't you know maybe the the feeling is is that they are not as dominant as they once were and therefore cannot be. You know are not seen as violating antitrust law you know this is this is the kind of thing that I have to imagine the Department of Justice people are constantly trying to evaluate because it's also a big deal when they go and step all over a major company i mean it, it's bad for business quite quite simply and so you know, So they're walking this fine line of, well, is it better for business that we do this or worse for business that we do this? We and also then- have a climate now where
0: we have one political party that supports this move. Another political party would just as soon the Department of Justice get out of the way and there be no antitrust laws. So we have this very polarized political climate as to whether such actions should even be Entirely
1: possible. I don't. I don't have a sense of that. We'll have to explore
0: more of the ramifications of this in a moment. Adam Linkst, I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night How Live.
7: Are you tired of searching for great talk radio? Something more important. Search no more. We are the GCN Radio Network.
0: Got a simple question for you. Can you sell? Yes. Okay, can you sell
4: the intangible? If yes, and you'd like to work 9 to 5, Monday through Friday, with no overtime, no weekends, if you're passionate about not closing sales, but about opening relationships, if you truly have a desire to serve global clients who need your advertising expertise, and you're local to the Twin Cities and Burnsville, are hardworking, self-driven, with experience in sales, marketing, or advertising, are personable, and a whiz on the phone, GCN wants to talk with you right now. GCN. The Genesis Communications Network is one of the largest independent talk radio networks in the world, and we're hiring right now. We offer benefits and an excellent commission structure. Experience preferred, but we'll train the right person. Is that you? Submit your resume today to advertise at gcnlive.com. Again, that's advertise at gcnlive.com. Come work with the Genesis Communications Network, an equal opportunity employer.
10: What's going to happen next? You never know when you're listening to The Tech Night Owl live with Gene Steinberg.
0: On The Tech Night Owl live, I'm Gene Steinberg, Adam Inks of Tidbits and Take Control Books, talking to us about Apple's loss in a Department of Justice civil lawsuit. This is a civil lawsuit which means that Tim Cook isn't going to be carried off to jail with Mr. Q. Sounds like something from James Bond. Q, (laughs) right, you know, Q branch. All right. All right. But let's get to the
1: impact here. Now, Apple's going to appeal. That appeal could take years. Oh, this stuff, who knows how long it's going to take. It, yes, because it could go. It goes to the Second, Second Circuit Court of Appeals. If Apple loses there, or potentially the Department of Justice loses there, who knows, it could go to the Supreme Court. I mean, you know, it could keep going and going. And I, with the Supreme Court, we can't predict, because if it takes more than a year or two, it's likely the makeup of the Supreme Court is going to be different than now. I also really, I'd be a little surprised if the Supreme Court would hear this case. And I say that from the standpoint of it's frankly not very interesting from a a legal standpoint that I think Apple is fighting this for essentially PR reasons, that they have nothing to lose. They have more money than they know what to do with. So no matter what they get, I mean, they can afford to fight it. It's not a significant distraction from, from their business. It's not really related to all the rest of their businesses. And it 's one of those things where they look like the scrappy business um, you know fighting all the way to the top if they fight it, even if you know there 's just not that much at stake but there 's no really interesting legal issues in in place here it 's just a matter of whether or not you know the if the second of court second circuit court of appeals can 't say that uh, agrees with judge code or not we 'll see i mean that's you know and, and if they don 't Yes, Apple could go higher, but again, I don't think the Supreme Court is going to going to be changing anything in a significant legal sense. They're just going to be saying no, no, sending send it back to the Circuit Court of Appeals and you know and re- retry this or rethink this or whatever because you know who knows. I I, I hate to I hate to play you know lawyer t te- you know lawyer TV or anything at this because I really don't know, but it just doesn't feel like this is something where there's a big issue that needs to be decided by the supreme court it's not about affirmative action or voting rights or anything along those lines it's fairly cut and dried antitrust law
0: well even assuming that happens it goes to the second circuit court of appeals if they decide against apple apple appeals to the u.s supreme court it takes about a year for all this to happen you think
1: I have no idea. I mean, it's one of those things where it could be nearly instant. It could take years. <laughs> I mean, you just hit all sorts of scheduling issues, and and that kind of thing. Oh boy! I don't even want to. It just yeah. can't. Don't even want to go there. No, okay, but let's
0: look at the impact right now. So, as far as the publishers are concerned, that's all resolved. As far yes. as Apple is concerned, it is resolved when the final verdict is in, a year or two from now. So right now, nothing changes.
1: Yes. Also, it's worth keeping in mind that because the publishers were the ones who sort of needed to change, because they were the ones who were actually selling you know, selling these books to all the various retailers under this model, which prices were the same, and they've been slapped and have all recanted their evil ways, nothing has to change now. I mean, it's all over as far as the actual consumer side of things goes. And it doesn't affect any of the rest of Apple's other businesses, as far as I can tell. There was certainly no indication in the opinion that this would affect the App Store or the Mac App Store or iTunes Store or anything else, because those are all under different models or under different circumstances. This is really pretty specific to Apple did something that turned out to be wrong in their negotiations with these publishers. And once we get past that, problem solved. Now,
0: what does Apple learn from this? Assuming this is the way it plays out, that the judge's decision is upheld and Apple has to do whatever they had to do. In that case, does Apple now have to pay money? Had they have to give refunds to consumers because they allegedly ripped them off? Do they have to pay a fine? What about the other states who are involved? Do they now have to individually settle with Apple? So I can there see was, there are complications
1: there, no matter what happens. What was going to happen before the uh, appeal happened, You know, because I think the appeal basically trumps everything else, what was slated to happen before that was another trial to set damages. And there was never anything said beside damages. Literally, the word damages. And so, my suspicion is is what that probably means is that it would just be monetary. You know, that Apple would pay some sort of a fine because they cost consumers X amount of dollars by causing prices to go up everywhere, which they did. I mean, but keep in mind, this is not theoretical. Prices actually did go up 18% across the board within two weeks after um, you know, all these agency agreements went into place, and the publishers raised prices even more. They raised the price of hardcover books too, because that allowed them to get into higher tiers for um, uh, for Apple's price tiers. So they wanted to make sure they could they could charge fourteen ninety nine instead of twelve ninety nine, which they could do if they bumped up the price of the hardcover.
0: All right, so I guess they based damages on how Apple profited
1: from the higher prices. No, it would be on how consumers were harmed by the higher prices. Okay, but if the other publishers... They're not not actually saying that Apple profited unreasonably. That's not the concern. No, I understand that, but then you have
0: to look at the other publishers. If all these publishers have settled already,
1: then Apple is only one-sixth of a conspiracy. Right, but but again, I think the question is, how were consumers harmed? And... And so, But you just have to decide then how much of that blame is fixed on Apple. Do you base on Apple's share of the e-book market? I don't know how they do that. I mean, there's got to be some calculation that comes, that comes in. Um, you're right. And, and that's presumably what a trial would be designed to do is to figure out how to, uh, how to calculate that number. And but, then we have to look at this too. Another trial.
0: Even after everything is settled, the trial is not going to happen until the appeal is decided, right? Right. Okay, so we're maybe a year or two hence. Yes. Then we have a trial that's scheduled. Then we have the trial that's held. So that's at least three years from now before <laughs> they set damages, at which time Apple can appeal that verdict. And then we're talking of five years oh, Apple can keep this going for an awfully long time. <laughs> Basically, even when ebooks don't exist or everything's on a tiny crystal that you wear on your ring finger. <laughs> you see, that's what's going to happen. It's all going to be on your ring finger. This won't be the iWatch. It's going to be the iRing, whatever it is, or the iPinky, whatever it's going to be. With court cases, Apple has these deep pockets. I mean, I guess the Department of Justice figures that at one point, Apple might just say, you know what? Cut us a deal. Here's a hundred million. You know, finance something. Here's a couple hundred million. Leave us alone. Work out a deal. I guess that's the hope of the courts that Apple will eventually say, you know what, this is absurd. Let's just cut a deal and forget about it.
1: Yep. And I, you know, I have no idea again quite why Apple is doing what she's doing. What, she, what what Apple is doing. What they're what you know what they're doing. Assuming that it's PR based, you know. They can take it as long as they want. And if they get hit with the fine, again, they have so much money, it's not really a problem. And so I would guess that they would probably just pay the fine from the standpoint of, okay, we admit no wrongdoing. Apple, Because, I mean, that's the problem with all of these settlements kind of things. Is Apple would have to admit wrongdoing. And they're not going to do that if they can possibly avoid it. And we think if
0: Apple stalls out the government for a while, we're in a situation here where the Department of Justice will have new actors, maybe a different party in control, and their inclination to settle may be totally different. So that's another thing that may play to Apple's advantage. They hold this thing off. They can wait until the right administration is in power, if ever, the right Department of Justice is in power, and then negotiate a settlement that works to their advantage.
1: Entirely possible, but again, Apple's not really hurting here. You know, they're just it, they don't they care. Don't want, right, I mean they they're they're just right, they don't care and so it's not like they need to hold on so that they can they 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 just want it they want the whole thing to to basically they want the Department of Justice to fold is what they want. And I don't know, that seems a little unlikely. You know, you have to get a pretty big change for the for the Department of Justice to say, OK, we're dropping this case. Well, it's just a change from Democrat to Republican. I think that would accomplish a lot of it right there.
0: <laughs> but we can talk more about this and the implications in our next segment. We have Adam Inks some Tidbits and Take Control books. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night How Live. <laughs>
15: Or go to my website, TaxHelpOnline.com. That's TaxHelpOnline.com.
6: Welcome back to the Tech Night Owl Live, where you never know what's going to happen next. And now, here's Gene Steinberg.
0: Are these legal actions so complicated? It takes forever to decide them. It takes forever, I guess, to even decide if, when you're a large company, what you're doing is legal or illegal. Adam makes of Take Control Books joining us, and of course he does Tidbits, which is a great weekly publication. It's been around for like twenty years and is going to be around for another twenty or thirty years unless Adam wants to retire. <laughs>
1: <And> that's not <laughs> going to really, happen. You're like me. What? You're not
0: going to retire. Yeah, I don't think that's
1: allowed anymore.
0: <laughs> no, retirement is not allowed. It's not permitted. But it's good that you remain digital because look what's happening in the publishing industry. We heard this week, for example, that PC World Magazine, it's the sister magazine to Mac World, by the way, PC World is going all digital. But that's not unusual. Our friends over at Laptop Magazine, you know, we have Avram Pilch, who comes on here all the time. They went digital earlier this year. That's not unusual. But Mac World is still going to have a print edition. And so is Mac Life Magazine. So there you go. Anyway, we were exploring the Department of Justice's lawsuit, which they won against Apple, at least the first skirmish, for e-book price fixing. Now, the thing to look at here is, all right, so things will settle down and It's just an ebook, and maybe people don't care about this anyway, because what will be what will be now will be. But does this teach Apple anything, win or lose, in negotiating now with content creators, with the entertainment industry, maybe with cable TV over Apple TV. Does that change anything in the
1: way they handle their other dealings? I think it probably does. And it probably, if Apple can be said to have made a mistake, it was trying to get too much content from too many people simultaneously. And doing so in such a way that that the competitors were all, in essence, working together. It was a rush to deal. Yes.
0: But isn't Apple also doing the same thing or trying to do the same thing in the entertainment industry and the cable industry? There's a report now, and you've heard it, I'm sure, that Apple is in the final stages of negotiations with Time Warner Cable, one of the largest cable providers, to provide an app and access through Apple TV. And we know, of course, that they had HBO Go, which is owned by Time Warner. So now we have to assume that Apple is doing the same thing with Cox and Comcast and all the others.
1: Yeah, and I think the only question there, again, is if those companies are in sufficient positions of control, um, because they're middlemen themselves, they're not like the publishers who actually are the source of the content... And I think there's also a question of, is what Apple is doing the sort of thing that is going to have industry-wide repercussions? So had Apple done what they did with the publishers and went with the wholesale model or basically said, you know, we're going to compete with Amazon on price, not a problem, you know, so we're not going to do this most favored, you know, this most favored nation thing then it wouldn't have been a problem because it wouldn't have forced the entire industry to adjust their prices. That's where the real problem came from.
0: Now, obviously, in the case of a deal with, say, Time Warner Cable, where it works through your Apple TV, for example, and I wonder how they're going to handle DVR. But whatever, okay, however they do it, fine. They make a deal. That's not going to change the bill you pay for your cable provider. Apple's not setting that. Apple is simply providing access. This entire agreement is for access. And we presume if they make similar deals with the other carriers, it's the same thing. It's simply access. It's simply developing an app that fits with Apple's design. It has nothing to do with who you pay those bills to. You're still going to get your cable bill.
1: Yeah. And I think that does change some things. It doesn't, this does not feel to me like a situation where Apple would be likely to run into trouble. That, you know, again, not likely to be affecting, you know, what you'll pay for your cable bill, what Roku or, you know, smart TVs will be able to offer, things like that. Feels just like a separate thing to me. Mm. Which is good, I guess. I mean, you know, that, I mean, keep in mind, I don't, again, Apple didn't, I don't think, set out to do this. And, And it certainly wasn't helpful to them to have to fuss with all of this nonsense or to have to sort of lose control over the, you know, the the situation the way they did. So, I mean, if anyone's anyone's at fault, it's frankly, it's Apple's counsel for not saying, whoa, guys, yeah, we got some problems here.
0: I also get the impression based on the testimony from Q on Q's testimony that Steve Jobs really at first didn't understand what was going on. He totally did not understand when they started, and it had to be drilled into him, or he had to be taught. You know, a lot of people assume that Steve Jobs says something and it goes, but a lot of times when Apple does something, when Steve Jobs was in control, he had to be sold. Someone had to go and say, you know what, Mr. Jobs, and this is why they keep their jobs, because he wanted people like that. This is wrong. This is going to work. What about the App Store? Steve Jobs didn't want the App Store. Originally, it was all going to be web apps. They sold him the idea. of making an app store in part here maybe when they got into this jobs himself never fully
1: considered or
0: understood the consequences not an attack it's very complicated
1: well it is complicated and if you think about it apple is still frankly learning how to be a really big company that apple for a long time has been a decent-sized company, but not a really large one, not a Microsoft-level company, not a GE-level company, or an IBM-level company back in the day. And so there are things that go along with learning to be that kind of company that you just don't think about until you make the mistake. So Apple done all sorts of big negotiations before, but they hadn't done them in such a way that they ran across this particular pitfall. And so it probably was something they were just not expecting.
0: And having gone this route, they were kind of forced into sticking with it. They can't, at the end of the day, say, hey, you know, we're sorry, Judge. We're sorry, Judge Coat. We screwed up. We've got to make it right. And that's not like Apple to do anyway. Apple very seldom says they're wrong. And even then, faced with its decision, You think if Apple gets an indication that in the end they ultimately lose, they'll find the
1: quietest way out of it.
0: I still kind of think that. Yeah,
1: yeah. And then, you know, I mean, they will admit when they make technical mistakes, you know, Apple Maps, some of the other kinds of things that they've done. But, you know, those are things they can fix. And I think this is the sort of thing where they can't just fix this they are you know in a situation where they need to figure out in essence how they're going to deal with it as a you know as a as the public face of apple and i believe the answer is to have it look like the thing where we did nothing wrong we're not we didn't make any mistakes we are innocent, and we're going to fight this the whole way. Because that looks good. That's the movie thing to do. You know, if you're if you're writing the plot, that's the movie thing to do. It's not also the small business thing to do, which is to say the smaller business says, this could be expensive and a distraction. Let's settle. You look at the publishers, they're smaller businesses. And it's their actual business. For Apple, the iBookstore, drop in the bucket. That's not a big deal for them. That's
0: like a little corner of a store, a little corner of a retail store where they have a special section carved out for books. Precisely. it's about one hundredth of the size of the full store. You go to Walmart and you want to buy a paperback book, consider the space devoted to paperback books at Walmart compared to a full Walmart supercenter. And consider what percentage of that store in terms of the income, in terms of the space, the retail space is consumed by books and with Apple, it's a lot less, but that's the closest I can come.
1: Yeah. And so as a result, you know, they just, they're not incurring a lot of risk by fighting it. They're not incurring a lot of uh, expense by fighting it in proportion to what kind of money they have. And so, you know, if it's, if they can kind of keep it up as in, you know, this proud American company trying to make, you know, to hold on against, you know, being charged with bad business practices by the government, the, you know, the big bad government they can turn it into a whole, a whole you know, kind of waving, waving the flag, just trying to be a capitalist thing. And besides, we're building the Mac Pro in the USA. We've got
0: Adam Inks some tidbits and take control books for one more segment on the Tech Night Out Live.
8: For more details, visit Rockoids.com. That's R O C K O I D S.com.
14: Have you ever felt like the United States government knows way too much about your financial affairs? I continue to hear stories about property seizures, frozen bank accounts, confiscation of stocks and bonds. It makes me wonder if the U.S. citizen will ever again have the right to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness.
16: water filter systems are even powerful enough to purify stagnant pond water for the gold standard in water filters get a big berkey at big berkey water and all gcn listeners get five percent off all ceramic filter systems for details call 1-877-99-BERKEY that's 877-99-BERKEY
11: big berkey water filters for the love of clean water Dr. Peter Glidden, host of Fire Your MD Now, will be in Marshfield, Wisconsin, Wednesday, July 17th at the Holiday Inn at 6 p.m. You've heard him say it on air, and now you're going to see him in person. Be sure to bring a friend, and he'll disclose the secrets to good health and, just as important, potential wealth. To know more, listen to Fire Your MD Now or call 715-650-0909. Again, Fire Your MD Now or 715-450-0909. Wouldn't it be nice to have one product that replaces more than 10, saving you space, time, and money? HempUSA.org has a complete full-spectrum vitamin mineral detox formulation called Micro Plant Powder Gold. Micro Plant Powder Gold contains 101 vitamins, minerals, probiotics, and iodine, has a 100-year shelf life, and is a perfect addition to any storage shelter. Make Micro Plant Powder Gold your choice. Call 888-910-4367 or visit HempUSA.org today.
6: We'd like to hear from you. If you have any thoughts or comments about the Tech Night Owl Live, please get in touch at news at techniteowl.com. That's news at techniteowl.com. Looking for past episodes? We've got hundreds at owl.com slash radio. That's TechnightOwl.com slash radio. Or subscribe on iTunes.
0: Adam, make some tidbits and take control books. I'm Gene Steinberg here in the Tech Night Alive, Live. And for the first five segments of the show, we were talking about the Department of Justice price-fixing lawsuit against Apple. District Judge Denise Coates said, Apple, you did wrong. And she's a smart woman. And she writes well. <laughs> Which goes
1: a long way in this world to me. <laughs>
0: <laughs> At least, yes. Yes, indeed. So this is, you know, not unusual. Apple loses cases occasionally. And sometimes they appeal and they win, and sometimes they don't. I think there was a patent case where they lost, but they won on
1: appeal. So Apple's big enough to sweat them out. Yeah, it's really true. And, And keep in mind, they have a lot of lawyers, and they know what they're doing. They're going to be dealing with this just like they deal with a whole bunch of other things that big companies have to deal with you know all those accounting stuff that, all that accounting stuff that came out with the, you know the tax uh, hearings on this in the senate lots of app, people at apple do that stuff now because apple's a big company same thing here so they're going to be, you know, fighting this case. They're going to be fighting all sorts of other cases. And it's, it's sort of too bad. But again, I don't think it's a significant distraction just because of the size of the company and the fact they've got departments to do this.
0: Specifically speaking, are you folks at Tidbits getting much response to this? I think you've had one of the best stories written on the subject, period.
1: So we've been hearing a lot of nice things. Um, hasn't, hasn't gotten huge amounts of play um, yet, but sort of hoping more because as it, I think it's, I, mean, I find I find it really interesting. I mean, when I sat down and read through the whole thing, I was actually taking notes the whole time because, like, I'd read for a few pages like, oh, now I understand the most favored nation status, you know, clause and why that has an effect. And I didn't want to watch the trial while it was happening because that was sort of soap opera. Would you see it on C-SPAN or what? <laughs> Even just the coverage. You're like, oh, the judge said this. Oh, the, this.
0: You know. so that's like the Trayvon Martin, George Zimmerman case. And I don't want to get into that because it may be decided by the time you hear the show. But that is like any of these high profile cases. That's all you have. It's not that it wasn't a tragedy. Whoever is guilty, whoever was responsible. But you have people dying every day around the world because of accidents, because of homicides, whatever. And we don't think about them. We only think about one case.
1: And in this case, I think it was also, you would distinctly miss the forest for the trees if you were watching the play-by-play, that it doesn't really matter all that much, frankly, what went on in the trial, because a vast amount of this information was submitted pre-trial, that's why there was that statement by the judge before the whole thing started saying she thought the government was going to win, because that's what the parties had asked her to do. They'd asked her for her opinion at that point, and she had all the information, and what the trial was was to sort of confirm that, go over it again, you know, see if anything new showed up, um, see how various statements were defended or denied, that kind of thing. And so the decision really is a distillation of all of that and so basically her original judgment of the case that didn't change
0: although she did say that as a result of apple's testimony she looked at things somewhat differently does the document explain what differences are involved there Not,
1: not really there there are a number of places where it comments on testimony that happened during the trial, but largely to say, you know, Apple claims this, but that's not credible. You know, there was, you know, there were certain things where you know Eddie Q would say something, and and she just basically wouldn't believe him because he's this major executive for a you know a huge Fortune 500 company, and to. Pretend that he doesn't know something or wasn't aware of something just seems incredible, frankly. And under cross examination, some of this stuff came out. So at some point, Keith Moore, who's another one of the um, iBookstore executives, said, Oh, we weren't watching the prices on Amazon after the iBookstore went live. And under some additional questioning of other people, it- became clear that, yeah, of course they were, because who wouldn't be? You know, you're an executive, you've just launched a new story, you're not going to look at your competition right afterwards? That's just ridiculous. Well, he
0: was engaging in executive speak. (laughs) Executive speak, hear no evil, see no evil. This is what you hear from, for example, Steve Ballmer of Microsoft. He's totally oblivious to what's really going on around him. Yeah. <laughs> but that's another topic. It's no, we're going to have really- that next. You know, we have a character that we have called the fake Steve Ballmer. In the form of, of course, Brian Chaffin of the Mac Observer does this really great imitation of Steve Ballmer. He's going to be <laughs> on next in the show. I don't know whether we're going to bring out the fake Steve Ballmer to talk about Microsoft's reorganization this past week. But I just wanted to mention that.
1: <laughs> As I said, it, it true. is true. and so, but, But for the most part, no, you don't get a real sense of how the judge's thinking might have changed. The last 30 or 40 pages in the document really go through what Apple's arguments are. You know, they're saying Apple says this, Apple says that. And I suspect that is where she is probably taking or switching her, her views from what she had just gotten in the, in the pretrial stuff to say, okay, they're now really putting a lot of emphasis on this argument. Let's look at whether or not that is believable. And and some of them she actually says, you know, are stronger than others. You know, that there are certain arguments which, you know, one of them I thought she said was, you know, was was creative. I thought I thought that was just a it was just a wonderful term. <laughs> like, that's really creative. <laughs> I would never have thought of that. Well it's but, Apple. Apple
0: is creative.
1: Unsuccessful in this case, but creative nonetheless. But but so I do think that it was a an unexpected procedure for a lot of people, that people didn't know how a non-jury trial worked in this particular court, and therefore, some of the things that happened – were surprising to people who don't really know that much. I mean, I, I can't pretend that I know that much, but the opinion actually goes into saying, and here's how we do it, so we did it this way. You know, they were not saying that uh, we had to do this completely new thing, because this is so different from us. I mean, if you go look at this woman's opinions, she has a couple a week. I mean, she's busy, busy lady. <laughs> it sounds to me also that she tried to
0: write this document with the intention of educating people about what this is all about.
1: Yeah, and I think that actually, I mean, again, I haven't gone and read her other opinions or anything like that, but I do think that there could have been some intention to that, too, because this has to have gotten a whole lot more press than just about any other case that she's dealt with in a long time. She's famous now. I'll yeah. tell you. She'll go talk on talk
0: shows show. after she retires. Hey, Adam Ings,
1: tell our listeners where they can find more of the stuff that you do. Well, you can read the full article about this stuff which answers, it's designed like, kind of like a FAQ where I answer questions at tidbits.com. You'll find it right on the homepage there. And the other thing that I've been taking time out of my life to do in terms of writing tidbits articles, I've been taking time out to get a bunch of ebooks published recently and the take control side. So at takecontrolbooks.com we've just released uh, take control of launch bar uh, one of the favorite utilities of the mac universe and then we also have joe kissel's take control of backing up your mac and take control of your passwords recently so and by the way the one awesome. on launch
0: bar the one on launch bar is written by our good friend kirk mackle Eden Kirk did a great job there he is yes and he's one of our regulars on the show we always enjoy talking to him he's a good friend adam Inks, thanks for joining us on the tech night out live
1: thanks for having me jane
3: What does freedom mean to you? How about the freedom to take control of your own future? At eFoods Direct, we're again celebrating Food Freedom Month. In July, for every $329 you spend on our highly nutritious, great-tasting food, you will receive a $190 Patriot Pack free. For example, purchase a six-month supply and get three Patriot Packs free. The Patriot Pack is a 24-day supply of eFoods quick-fix, easy-to-store food, plus stove, fuel, and cook pot. All in an easy-to-carry bucket. Patriot Packs are the ideal grab-and-go emergency kit for your car or to have by the back door. Perfect for your cabin or camping trip this summer. Or even simply to add more food to your supply, free. Call 800-409-5633 or go to efoodsdirect.com slash alex and get your free Patriot Pack with purchase. Call 800-409-5633 or efoodsdirect.com slash alex. And remember, free shipping every day.
12: Did you know that 50% of heart attacks are brought on by infections? Did you know that hospitals are breeding grounds for antibiotic-resistant bugs like MRSA? The environment is infected with parasites, and the mild winter means ticks with Lyme disease, mosquitoes with West Nile virus, and cold and flu viruses will be on the rise. Protect yourself with nature's natural antiparasitic, antiviral, antifungal, antibiotic, allison the heart of garlic, Get concentrated protection with Ali-C and Aliban ban from Affinity Health Products. One capsule of Ali-C equals 40 cloves of garlic or 100 garlic pills with no garlic breath. Aliban ban has Allison in spray, liquid, and cream forms with three times more strength than leading brands and costs less. Go to ally ccom spelled A-L-L-I-C.com, or call 855-Allison. That's 855-255-4246. That's 855-255-4246. Protect yourself with Allie C and Allie Van from Affinity Health Products at ally ccom
10: You never know what's going to happen next while listening to the Tech Night Isle. Live with Gene Steinberg.
0: We have Brian Chaffin of the Mac Observer joining us with a lot of key subjects to talk about. And one of them actually relates to an article that was posted on a very major website. But I have a response to it, which was 25 Reasons Another Tech Pundit doesn't get it
17: <laughs> that seems uh, seems like a pretty good uh, way to uh, approach this
0: normally we were not going to mention the person's article but you've got to read this guy's credentials let me give you the headline sure. and when you get the headline you'll understand what he's doing okay this is over at zdnet and zdnet is part of cnet which is part of cbs interactive that's cbs okay that's cbs and as a disclaimer. I, in the past, have written for both CNET and ZDNet long, long time ago in a galaxy far, far away with different editors, okay? So let me tell you about this guy who wrote this article, and you see this professorial type character with the glasses. Of course, professors have to put their glasses and move them down over their nose to look like they are professors. Is that correct, Brian? Yeah, that is correct, especially
17: when there are sunglasses inside.
0: Well, you know what it is? He had just gone to see the Men in Black movie. Oh, I see. This I was see. last year, and he
17: wanted to look really hip. Yes. Alternately, he's. Uh, uh, whatever. I'm not going to get into his parents. Let me read you his bio David
0: Giewitz or Gerwitz or something like that. I won't pretend to pronounce it correctly. He sounds like he's Jewish, sounds like a nice Jewish boy. He looks like a nice Jewish boy, but I guess he has problems with facts. We'll see. So David Gewitz, distinguished lecturer at CBS Interactive, is an author, U.S. policy advisor. (laughs) Oh, I can't stop laughing. Excuse me. U.S. policy advisor. Oh, my God. And computer scientist. He is featured in the History Channel special The President's Book of Secrets and is a member of the National Press Club.
17: So far, I think worse of every one of these institutions. <laughs> they, they on the face of them, though they're they're fairly impressive credentials. Although being in the president's book of secrets isn't necessarily a credential, but it's uh, I, I'm not I'm not on any History Channel show, so you know, good for him. Okay, good for him. Well, I've
0: had people on my other show who have been on the History Channel's shows. How about that? Fair enough. Okay, like my co-host on the Powercast, Chris O'Brien has been on the History Channel. Hmm. But let's look at these 25 reasons. Now, understand it's not 25 reasons that maybe he prefers Android. It is 25 reasons why the iPhone feels it's a 1990s product. Now, to be realistic, they didn't have smartphones in the 1990s. Am I wrong? When did the first BlackBerry come out?
17: Uh, it was in the early part of the last decade. Okay. So the premise of the article is absurd. Yeah, well, okay. All right. To to be to be fair, he's using a little bit of hyperbole, but the hyperbole is is intended to make a point. It's intended to to, 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 to he's he's saying that, I, and I hate the fact that you put me in the position of defending him, Gene. But he's trying to say that his Android device is so super awesome, advanced that it uh that, 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 that him, it makes his his iPhone look like a little more than a palm device in comparison.
0: It makes it look old-fashioned. Oh, right. It understand. makes it look old-fashioned.
17: Sure. He's exaggerating because he wants to get the head count up.
0: Correct. Okay, so the headline is nonsense, but the point being it makes his iPhone, an old iPhone, I don't know which one, feel like 4S. a dinosaur. The iPhone 4S. Okay, so iPhone 4S, 2011 iPhone, feel like a dinosaur. And why does it feel like a dinosaur?
17: Because you can't replace the battery. That's number one. It can't replace the battery. Battery, uh, you know, it's funny. There, there are two or three things out of his twenty-five that that I think are quite legitimate, quite legitimate, and the rest of them are this hodgepodge of of no one uses that, or caveats, or your reasoning is remarkably childish, or um, just stupid i mean this 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 is one of the, this is one of the most trolling pieces of poorly argued reasons that, that I'm, I'm almost i'm almost i'm almost speechless but
0: this it's article is garbage. so dumb that you have to feel dumb to comment on it yes Okay, yeah, I think yeah. I got that point. You see, part of it also is he's ranting
17: against lack of features or different features. So Apple
0: chooses to have a closed
17: box. Right, yeah. A big part of what he's talking about here is the is the open versus closed. And he is presenting the open argument as, an, as objectively better. And uh, that's maybe true for him. But the reality is, is that he doesn't address any of the of the counter the counterbalances the you know the trade offs that have resulted in Apple not taking that open route. Like he, for instance, he's like extolling the fact that you can access the file system on an Android device as a wonderful thing. For many people, that is a wonderful thing. Um, it is very convenient to be able to drag and drop f- files onto your to your to your smartphones in part so you can just use your smartphone like like it like 's a you know a thumb drive and there is a lot of potential use for that but the reality is is that most people will never ever do that, and there are huge security trade offs by being able to access the the uh, uh, file system on an Android device they are inherently less um, less secure. And that's that, that's just a, a straight-out trade-off. Well, this is a legitimate argument. There are file managers
0: for iOS where you can see the files, but it's not a question of one app being programmed to open another app's files, because what Apple does with iOS is each app has its own files. Correct. It has its own file repository. Correct. And, a lot of, and the yeah. argument that some would make, Brian, is that what Apple should do is have a central file repository
17: and give each app privileges. That would be certainly a way of doing it. Apple has not so far, but the reality is, is that, that the iPhone platform is extremely stable, extremely secure. And we'll, and uh, I, again, this is the sort of thing that most people don't ever need to do or or, or want to do, um, you know, and, and that's, that is a big, that's a, that's a big thing. You know, pe- people that want to say that iPhone sucks because it can't do these geeky things are ignoring the fact that the vast majority of the people don't want to do those geeky things. And that's, that's okay. The geeks have Android. The, the geeks have Android in the same way that the geeks had PCs back in the day. But for those of us who are geeks who don't want to mess with system level stuff all the time, who don't want to um, hassle with uh, 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 with changing things that 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 that, that don't actively uh, affect the way we use our device, the iPhone is a far better choice. And I, I think that that's one of the things that, that drives a lot of the Apple haters nuts is that is that they're not content with people being able to choose to not need the things that they need.
0: Well, and when it comes to software features, you have the power to jailbreak your iPhone. You have the power to use other people's apps and hack the thing the way you want. Of course, you may not have a warranty. That's up to Apple's discretion. You have to restore it. But it's not as if you don't have the ability to do that. Because even though Apple may close the door, every time there's a new version of iOS, there is a way to jailbreak it. As a matter of fact, right now, they're beta testing iOS 7 to be introduced this fall. And guess what, folks? I think they've already figured out ways to jailbreak it. So if you want to spend 100 bucks to get into Apple's developer program and get the thing a couple of months early, that's fine. You can also jailbreak your iPhone take full responsibility for what happens, that's your problem. You're not locked out. You just don't have an official method of doing that from Apple. That's how it goes. Brian Chaffin of the Mac Observer joining us. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Out Live.
7: you tired of searching for great talk radio Something more important search no more we are the gcn radio network
8: attack of the
7: rockoids
8: has been well received by critics and readers alike it's a thrill a minute story you'll never forget a former u.s. military intelligence officer is haunted by intense dreams about a beautiful woman pleading for his help after a terrible battle in outer space Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors, classic science fiction at its best, available now. For more details, visit Rockoids.com. That's R O C K O I D S.com. Got a simple question
4: for you Can you sell? Yes. Okay, can you sell the intangible? If yes, and you'd like to work 9 to 5, Monday through Friday, with no overtime, no weekends, if you're passionate about not closing sales, but about opening relationships, if you truly have a desire to serve global clients who need your advertising expertise, and you're local to the Twin Cities and Burnsville, are hardworking, self-driven, with experience in sales, marketing, or advertising, are personable, and a whiz on the phone, GCN wants to talk with you right now. GCN. The Genesis Communications Network is one of the largest independent talk radio networks in the world, and we're hiring right now. We offer benefits and an excellent commission structure. Experience preferred, but we'll train the right person. Is that you? Submit your resume today to advertise at gcnlive.com. Again, that's advertise at gcnlive.com. Come work with the Genesis Communications Network, an equal opportunity employer.
18: We spent years researching herbs and their beneficial properties. Renovation Teas uses only 100% organic, fair trade herbs. Our teas are blended towards specific ailments and health conditions, such as diabetes, blood pressure, anxiety, libido, detox, and much more. All renovation teas are formulated and hand-filled in Arkansas. Take care of yourself naturally, the way Mother Nature intended. Order renovation teas at RenovationTea.com or call 870-784-3121. That's 870-784-3121. Renovation Teas. Renovate your health one bag at a time. Servicist Ben Fuchs has learned the importance of good fats for good health. Good fats
7: are essential fatty acids and they're called essential because they're necessary for good health. That's
19: why he uses ultimate EFAs from longevity. Among the fats, the most powerful are two fats that are referred to as essential fatty acids. Now,
12: nothing in the world of nutrition is more important than essential fatty acids. The word essential means you better get it in your diet or you're in big trouble. Essential fatty acids are perhaps the most multifunctional and versatile of all the essential nutrients. Essential fatty acids are not just important for the heart. They're important for everything in the body
7: to get the essential fatty acids that are so important to your body order ultimate efas from Longevity by calling 866-735-2470 that's 866-735-2470 or on the web at brightsideben.com. that's brightsidebend.com. order today
10: what are you listening to the tech night isle live with gene steinberg What's going to happen next? You never know.
0: We started our visit with Brian Chaffin of the Mac Observer talking about this article from a guy named David Giewicz or Gerwitz who wrote for ZDNet, part of CBS Interactive. Yes, that's CBS, called 25 Things my new Android phone does that makes my iPhone feel like it comes from the 1990s. And I guess his argument here, of course, is that he feels that having more features is better. And two of the features he mentions is wireless inductive charging, direct from the unit rather than having a sled or something, and because also because NFC. you can replace
17: the back. Pardon?
0: Because you can replace the back. Exactly. But that follows. The consequence of replacing the back is you can get a different back on there if you want. The other thing is NFC, which is near-field communications, which is something that's present in a number of Android phones and some other phones, but really its viability has yet to be demonstrated. The point being that he's looking at feature lists. Another example of this, for example, is that the Samsung Galaxy S4 has more pixels per inch than the iPhone, but the iPhone has a retina display which means you can't see the pixels. So does it does it matter whether it's 320 pixels or 12,000 pixels if you can't see them.
17: It, it does from the standpoint of uh, the fact that the, the GS4 will display 1080p videos uh, uh, out of the box, which is natively, and, and, and that's great and that's fine. Uh, personally, I don't really care much about watching videos, on my phone, uh, I've got an iPad for that, and I think it, that's a better experience, but you know, to each their own. There are some, some people for whom that's a big deal. Uh, and the NFC thing, one of the reasons why NF, NFC has never taken off is because Apple hasn't embraced it, and that's one of the ironies of uh, the NFC debate. Apple haters love to talk about the fact that Android devices support NFC, what they don't care to think about is the fact that no one actually uses it. You know, I mean, th- there, there are some cool things that you can do with NFC today. One of those cool things is being able to put NFC tags in, say your car or your home or your office, and then tr- have uh, things automatically trigger on your smart device when they come in contact with, uh, with those uh, 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 it- rfid tags and that that is a really cool thing that is a really cool thing i actually i wish that i could do that and but that's about the only thing that, that that anyone is is truly doing with nfc and not many people do that too despite the fact that there are plenty of tools available to do so it's just not a readily embraced thing it's like he talks about the fact that you can wave your hand over the um over your, your phone to, to to answer it as if that matters. I mean, yes, it is a feature and it is a feature that Samsung has and it's a feature that Samsung introduced, but it's just not a feature that matters. No one's going to. I've never been eating and been incredibly frustrated that, that I couldn't answer my phone because I had barbecue sauce slathered all over my hands. It's just never come up. You know, when you try to wipe your hands and you answer the phone, and then if the phone's dirty, you clean it. Right. I mean, again, it is something that Samsung has, has brought to the table, and that's great. It's just not useful. I, I wrote a piece talking about Samsung's delusions of relevance two or three months ago and just talking about the fact that, that while they've brought things to, 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 to market, none of them are useful, none of them matter, and none of them are, have the kind of relevance that owning the operating system brings like Apple and Google do. And uh, I don't know, the, the battery thing just drives me nuts. That Mister, uh, I think it's Gwert, So That would be my guess. But the, the battery thing, I, I've got a GS4 right here, and one of the first things I notice about the GS4 is on the back. If you press down on, if you press down on the back above where the battery is, there's give in the back. Now, does that really matter in the way I'm going to use my device? No. It, it absolutely doesn 't, and to that extent it 's the equivalent of complaining or, or it 's the equivalent of extolling the ability to change the battery is, is really mattering, but it's just it makes the device feel cheap in my hands you know it 's just just this little give where the where the case butts up against the uh, uh, the, the, the battery and that 's not something you get with an apple device when you 're holding an apple device in your hand, it just feels. Well made, it feels solid. I hold this GS4 in my hand, it feels cheap. Just flat out cheap.
0: Well, I happen to have a Galaxy S4 here. And I agree with you. I also agree that a lot of these features that Samsung is touting are really not worth anything. You're hardly going to use them. Sometimes they don't even work, like smart scroll. I don't know more than two people who say the feature works. Maybe Consumer Reports thinks the feature works. This is where you look at the phone and you tilt it, And supposedly it scrolls, depending on the direction in which you tilt it. But you can adjust the sensitivity. When you actually get to work, it scrolls very slowly after a delay. It's a useless feature. And this is, I think, a problem that Consumer Reports has, too. They will praise a tech gadget for having a feature even though that feature is not great. Like, for example, number 17 on Mr. Gwitz, Witz, whatever his name is, on David. Let's call him David because I don't want to insult him every time by mispronouncing his last name. He praises the fact that the Galaxy S4 has a 13 megapixel rear camera. Now, as we've learned, it's not just the megapixels, it's how well they're used. Because most tests I've seen of the iPhone 5 with the 8-megapixel camera show that the picture quality is equal
17: or superior to the Galaxy S4. Absolutely. Absolutely. He does not mention the fact that the vast majority of, of photographs that are being stored online are being taken with iPhones. You know, he doesn't mention that particular issue because it's not really convenient to his argument. And by his own reasoning, Nokia yesterday introduced uh, uh, a phone with a 41-megapixel camera. So, you know, by, by his reasoning, uh, you know, his, his GS4 is old and outdated. Uh, you know, <laughs> it just <laughs> – these are the, – uh, lists like this are unproductive, and they are not useful – and they are they are honestly a waste of time for anyone to, to for on either camp, in either camp. It's just, it doesn't, these things don't do anyone any good.
0: It shows he took a list of features that he put into a PowerPoint presentation. I know he didn't use Keynote, obviously. Correct. He used a PowerPoint presentation. Let me just see what features. And he doesn't even have to have the phone. He could just basically look at the spec sheet for the S4, knowing nothing about how it works and come up with most of the things that he has in this piece. It didn't require personal research on the phone. It required going to Samsung's site, at and T site, and looking at the list of specifications to see whether Apple has those features. And there are legitimate, as we say, criticisms you could make where Android does certain things, operating system features
17: yeah, that Apple
0: a- is in some ways implementing. Like iOS 7 has its control center. And allows you to get instant access to key settings like brightness and turning Wi-Fi and Bluetooth on or off. You can do that in Android's notification screen. I think it's done in a way that it's too easy to turn those things off, by the way. I don't think I like the way it's being implemented. But he doesn't comment about that because that is a legitimate advantage with some downsides to Android.
17: Well, and true, and iOS 7 isn't here yet. And I I also want to point out that the, the Notification Center and Control Center stuff that Apple is doing do borrow heavily from Android, but they actually originated in the iOS jailbreak community, which is something that a lot of Apple haters either don't know or don't want to mention. He, he mentioned installing apps from a browser. I, that's That's just not an advantage. It's just so not an advantage. The... <laughs> Showing two screens at once. Oh gosh, I just hate these things, man. I just hate these things, Gene. That just is so. It's just so pointless.
0: Well, you know, I understand for that you might want better multitasking, and I could see where Apple should be doing that with maybe an iPad. You can have two app windows up at the same time because the iPad has a screen large enough. On an iPhone, I don't think so. I tried it on the S four. I don't think it really is very useful, or very flexible, because even with a five-inch screen, it's too small. Yeah. It's not suited to that environment. It is simply a feature that Samsung put in there, hoping that if they had enough features, the phone will look like it's super, look like it's spectacular, and look like it's something that you've got to buy. This is going to be the greatest thing in your life. We don't know.
17: Now, the one thing he mentioned, that, or the two things that he mentioned that that I absolutely agree your strengths are the ability to change your lock screen and to be able to have an interactive lock screen and to be able to have an interactive uh, uh, desktop and to be able to change out exactly what it is showing on your desktop.
0: Brian Chaffin of the Mac Observer joins us. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night How Live. <laughs>
20: Absorption of food nutrients, aids in controlling yeast infections, is never freeze-dried, and uses three groups of live, viable, beneficial microbes to cleanse and remove toxins. Order Pro EM1 Daily Probiotic Cleanse at Terraganics.com. spelled T-E-R-A-G-A-N-I-X.com, terraganics.com. Or call toll free 866 86-369-3678. That's 866 369 3678 Pro EM1, the raw probiotic.
6: Welcome back to the Tech Night Owl Live, where you never know what's going to happen next. And now, here's Gene Steinberg.
0: So this is a case of wheat from the chaff article. So 25 things that make the iPhone seem ancient compared to Android. I think we both agree. A few of them. Right on, but Apple doesn't work that way. As we see, Apple will each release, come up with new features, improve other features. There will always be something somebody else has that they don't have, and we can sit here and argue to the end of time that Apple should have added that feature now, and maybe it's on their pipeline for next year, or maybe they won't do it at all. But there you go. Yep. But in this case, what? upsets me the most about this article is the fact that this guy has really good credentials this guy sounds like he's a whiz and yet when you read the article he does not seem to understand what he's talking about so
17: i don't know about this book the president's book of secrets but it's an interesting show i've seen several episodes i've never seen uh david uh in one uh but you know it's a series. He t- he called it a special, but it's actually a series. See, King, we got that right. Yeah, you know, there you go. But he does have his sunglasses on inside, and he's got to peek over him. So you know, that's cool.
0: Actually, he borrowed them from the 3D. Screen. Oh, I see. You know, You went to see a 3D film, and they give you the glasses. Uh huh. And usually, you're supposed to put the glasses in this big box when you leave the theater. But you know, some people take the glasses with them. Now, if you have one of those passive 3D sets at home. Those glasses work perfectly. So what probably happened here is he went to see Star Trek Into Darkness, say, okay? And he got so hung up on the Vulcans that he forgot what he was doing. Anyway, he went to see a movie, 3D movie, or maybe this is when he saw Avatar, and he took the glasses with him.
17: That must be it. That's an airtight theory, Gene.
0: I was thinking the man in black glasses. That creates the conspiratorial tone of this. All right. Let's go past ZDNet. This is not atypical
17: of that publication, ZDNet or CNET. I agree. Uh, no. I agree. Even even when they are having Apple haters write, their opinions are usually much better formed and and have much uh, a much more solid foundation.
0: Let's move on. Okay. So we discussed this, and I want to get your point of view. We discussed this with Adam Inks of Tidbits and Take Control Books. The fact that we have this Department of Justice complaint against Apple and five publishers for ebook price fixing. The five publishers caved. Apple didn't cave. They went to trial. They lost. Okay, do you think Apple deserved
17: to lose? No. Um, I... I, I I don't, and that's on two, actually three levels. Um, shall we dig into them? Please. The first is that I don't understand why the DOJ wasn't going after the monopolist in that industry, which would be Amazon. Amazon was the one that was dumping books uh, below cost um, in order to uh, uh, gain and extend its uh, monopoly power in the ebook market. And that dumping, was making it impossible for anybody to compete with Amazon because to compete with Amazon um, you would have to also sell your books at a loss with the existing business models of the day. And from that standpoint, Amazon is the abuse of power. Uh, Amazon was the one who was, who was causing harm to the marketplace Uh, and, and you know, you want to compare reading a book to on a, on a on a Kindle f- from 2009 to reading a book on an iPad and or even even a book on a Kindle Fire HD. There is no comparison whatsoever, and it befuddles me that the agency went after the newcomer in the market when there was an existing monopolist who was. Engaging in uh, any competitive behavior that was specifically intended to keep all of the competition out of the market, not only was it intended to keep all other ebook competition out of the market, that behavior was also intended to wrest sales away from uh, the the print market because Amazon felt like it uh, had more to gain from the ebook market so there's the first reason second reason is that before the trial, I thought that Apple was probably guilty of what the DOJ was uh, accusing it. But I thought that the the that the benefits outweighed the wrongdoing there. Now that doesn't usually work in the court of law. I mean, you can't break the law to to do something good. And 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 I'm not arguing that Apple should have gotten away with it from that standpoint. My point is. I thought Apple was guilty going into the trial when the DOJ presented its rather sloppy case. When the D like going through the DOJ's own evidence to me made it seem like they were wrong. And then when Apple presented its defense, I thought that Apple did a fantastic job of arguing why uh, it, It was not guilty of doing the things that the DOJ was accusing it of. The judge disagreed vehemently, um, but I thought that Apple had done a really, really good job of, of proving its innocence. So that's number two. Before we go to number three, I should mention in passing that
0: I gather that the judge's preliminary verdict at the prelude of the trial reviewing the documents from both Department of Justice and Apple was really meant to be most of the case, and the actual trial was merely meant to refine her ruling, not to necessarily change it.
17: Yeah, you know, that's, that's probably the case. I'm not an attorney. Um, uh, Jeff Gammon and I on the Apple Context Machine were joking about the fact that... Uh, the you know w- the closest thing we we've, we've come to being an attorney was was a uh, two week stint in a in, in in a really bad play where we played attorneys anyway that, sorry that's a stupid joke my point is I'm not an attorney but this is a bench trial and the judge going through acres and acres of pretrial evidence and uh, submissions and motions and hearing. Arguments in the course of the pretrial work, it is, an ex, as I understand it, an acceptable practice for her to have formed her opinion uh, based on, on all this pretrial stuff. Uh, I don't think that she did anything wrong by expressing her opinion, and I don't think she did anything wrong by having an opinion in the first place. Uh, I, Judge Denise Coat is a very well respected jurist, and she has a lot of experience. And uh, uh I I, I think that, that that her opinions need to not be dismissed even if I disagree with them.
0: Okay, so let's go to another point where you disagree with what she said. And let me point out that this segment ends in about a minute and forty seconds, so we may have to pick it up in the next one. Go ahead,
17: please. Understood. So the third thing about this this uh case that, that I disagree with is that um it it could have a very chilling effect on the way lots of business negotiations are done there was a lot of standard operating procedure negotiations that were effectively put on trial that were that were you know sort of in a de facto basis put on trial and uh uh and i, I worry about that and i think that the um uh i think that the the i think the DOJ was wrong to to go after to go after uh, Apple for for the situation.
0: Well, there's one interesting thing here about the fact that they went after Apple, but you would have thought even if Apple did something wrong, and that's obviously something to be argued, you wonder why Amazon was left in the clear. Amazon is left in the clear, but Amazon has a much larger percentage of the ebook market than Apple. Even after all is said and done, more people are buying books through Kindle than they are from iBooks. So you have to wonder about that. We'll get into more of these in our next segment. We're joined by Brian Chaffin of the Mac Observer. That's macobserver.com. And we're going to talk about this ruling against Apple and where it goes from here and what the impact is, and also about Microsoft playing with the organizational flowchart. All this and more on the Tech Night Out Live. <music> Gold. If you listen to the radio,
2: watch TV, or surf the net, you're hearing about gold. Eventually, you will ask yourself, "Is gold right for me?" The answer might surprise you. We protect ourselves and our families from many things. Do you have medical insurance. Is your home insured? Do you carry life insurance. How about financial insurance? If you own gold, then the answer is yes. If you don't own gold, the question is, why don't you have financial insurance? We put our faith in things we trust. Do you trust the dollar? Do you trust the economy? Do you trust the government? Gold has always been something you can trust. For thousands of years, people have put their faith in gold. Where will you put your faith? Now is the time to protect yourself and your family. Call Midas Resources today at 1-800-686-2237, extension 242. 1-800-686-2237, extension 242. And ask for Jim Parker. Let me help you get started today. One eight hundred six eight six two two three seven
19: extension two four two. Are you? Still a traditional smoker? Now experience a new lifestyle and try vaping with e-cigarettes by La Imagine no ashes, stains, nasty smell, or coughing and hacking. With La e-Cigarettes revolutionary microelectronic technology, rechargeable battery, and unique replaceable cartridge, you'll get all the benefits and satisfaction of smoking without the hazards. Choose your taste from a wide variety of our new American-made vapor e-liquids at LaSig.com. And LaSig smokes the competition by
20: Don't throw away leftovers. Instead, throw all your leftovers, vegetable peels, eggshells, coffee grounds, pizza crusts, and more into the Bokashi. If you love to garden and compost but don't like the hassle of turning a compost bin or the smell, then check out the EM Bokashi Food Waste Recycling System from TerraGanics. Finally, a way to recycle all your food and plant waste safely and effectively and stop using fertilizers. The EM Bokashi Food Waste Recycling System. Rather than decomposition, the Bokashi System uses fermentation to break down waste, so it takes less time to create nutrient dense humus for crops or gardens with no turning and no obnoxious odors to learn more and order your bokashi online visit Terraganics.com and click on the orange button that's Terraganics.com. spelled teragani xcom or call 866-369-3678 that's 866-369-3678 recycle all your food wastes in about six weeks with the bokashi food waste recycling system from TerraGanics.com. Terraganics, life's getting better
6: I'm Gene Steinberg on the
0: Tech Night How Live, and he is Brian Chaffin of the Mac Observer. And we've been talking about the Department of Justice and their victory over Apple. Now, I got the impression that Adam Inks, and he has an article on the Tidbit site, kind of understood or sided with the logic made by the
17: judge. But you disagree, and you've given us reasons. You got some more reasons to present? Yeah, you know, I do. I I think that... um the, the, the Philip Elmore DeWitt pointed out that uh, the judge said, c- cited something from Steve Jobs' book uh, against uh, Apple, and the reality is that this was not a fact proven in the court. This was really a matter of opinion, and uh, so that's probably going to be a, a foundation for, uh, for Apple's appeal. It, it is important to remember, though, that Amazon was not on trial here. Amazon was very involved in this trial. As a matter of fact, I, I believe that, that that a lot of this came about because of Amazon's lobbying in the first place um, uh, f- with the DOJ. Yeah, and they, they had an executive that testified. Uh, many uh, emails between uh, the publishers and Amazon were in uh, exhibits in the trial. Uh, so Amazon was involved in the trial, but they were not the company that was on trial. So Amazon could not be found guilty by this trial. But that actually goes back to the fact that, that Amazon is the company that the, that the DOJ should have been going after, not Apple. And, you know, what's funny is that today there are far more ebooks being sold because of what happened. Because of the iPad, because of the, the disruption that Apple brought to this market, because of the, the, the everyone switching to the agency, agency model. That brought more players to the market, including Apple and its iBooks, and a lot more eBooks are being sold. The market is larger today. Amazon, which has less market share, is selling more books, and more importantly, Amazon's actually making a profit on all those books, which wasn't the case. All all Amazon was doing was sucking the profits out of the publishing industry, an industry that already has razor-thin margins in the first place. And they're doing that in part because they want the publishers to go away. Because Amazon wants to be the publisher. Amazon wants authors to go directly through Amazon and sell their books through Amazon. And Amazon wants to have the, the Amazon also has a traditional publishing arm. Um, uh, That's. Uh, the, 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 fairly active and Amazon wants, wants the rest of the publishing industry to go away. And then at some point in theory, they, they could possibly raise prices. And that is so frustrating to me right now. If you, if you hear the animation of my voice, that's so frustrating to me because I am a reader. I, I, I am an aspiring author. I am finishing my first novel even now. So I, I worry about these things from that standpoint, but even more important to me, even more important to me is the fact that I love reading I want to read great books. I want to read great books that have been that have been edited. I want to read great books that have been copy edited. I hate reading mistakes in books and as more and more profits get sucked out of this industry, uh, a lot of the editing is less good a lot of the story editing is less good it's very difficult for new authors to be given a chance by publishers because the publishers can't afford it they can't afford you know they would rather invest in established authors who have ongoing series who have a name who have a draw amazon is just sucking all of this out of this industry and as a reader that bothers me like self published books i may end up having to self publish myself I hope that if I release a book and and, and my book and and, and if I do have to self-publish it, I hope that it's a quality book. I I will probably pay an editor to, to edit for me if I have to. But the, the reality is, is that a lot of self-published books are poorly edited and they, they need that help from the professionals to make their product better. And I don't want a world where everything is just being self-published. I don't want that world. I want that curated world where, where content is developed and nurtured and writers are made, good writers are made into great writers that's what I want. And I think that Amazon threatens that. And that's why I'm just super frustrated that the DOJ went after the company that was actually setting things to right, rather than the company that was causing the problems. But then somebody has to agree to go after Amazon. Right. And that is apparently not going to happen. My point there, just one last little bit of this tirade is that today Amazon makes money from their publishing because they're not dumping books and they're selling more books than they were. So Amazon benefited from everybody. Listen, everybody benefited from the change that Apple brought to the market. Best sellers were priced a little bit higher at the retail level. That is true, but they were being dumped below cost in the first place. That was a completely artificial thing that Amazon was doing. When people talk about ebook prices rising, it is a complete lack of understanding of what really happened because the, the prices that were raised were always being sold below cost in the first place. Well, the I mean. issue, I think part of the issue here is the complaint is not so much
0: about the fact that publishers didn't want to be undercut by Amazon. It is that Apple worked with five publishers together to come up with a new pricing policy. It's that collusion, I guess, is what they're complaining about. It's, if it happened separately, like they made five separate agreements over a one-year period with minor variations from company to company, then maybe there
17: wouldn't have been a complaint. Well, here, here's the deal with that. Uh, so D- Judge Coat very specifically dismissed the credibility of uh, Etiqui. And that that is that is absolutely her prerogative, uh, and uh, uh, I, I, I am I am firmly convinced she had a reason for doing it. However, the case that Apple presented was pretty convincing to me, and I wasn't in the, even in the courtroom, let alone being a lawyer. But the case that they pr- presented to me was that that they didn't care what happened as long as they got their MFN clause, the Most Favored Nation clause, and as soon as that became an element in what Apple was negotiating, Apple couldn't care less what kind of deal Amazon had. Apple couldn't care less what kind of deal Barnes and Noble had, let alone the fact that Barnes and Noble was seeking the same kind of arrangements uh, that Apple was doing um, uh, beforehand, you know, which was another thing that I thought kind of completely destroyed the DOJ's argument. But again, Judge Cote apparently disagreed. So the, 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 that most favorite nation clause is is the hinge here, and that that clause says that Apple gets to sell th, uh books that are on iBooks at the lowest price that any competitor is selling them, and Apple still gets its thirty percent cut as soon as that as soon as the the publishers agreed to that apple didn't care what kind of it didn't matter what Amazon was doing the impetus at that point. Came on, uh, shifted to the publishers to get Amazon's deal change. Apple wasn't the one trying to make that happen. And Judge Coates' uh, opinion was that um, th- it, you know, it it didn't matter. It, like the difference between Apple pushing for it and Apple creating a situation where it was necessary is uh, f- fairly indistinguishable. And I, I think that was my second point. That I think will be part of the appeals.
0: Let's continue with Brian Chaffin of the Mac Observer. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Out Live.
7: America's number one source for independent talk radio for over a decade. We are the GCN Radio Network. Folks, you'll want to hear this. No
0: matter what size your business... People don't take you seriously unless you have a professional looking website. You can empower your business with a stunning online presence and it's free. Join over 30 million people who have built their websites with Wix. Once again, it's completely free. It requires absolutely no design or coding skills. Want to know more? Check out Wix.com. That's W-I-X.
15: Radio. If you owe the IRS back taxes, listen carefully. Sweeping changes to IRS policies will help more people than ever eliminate their tax debts once and for all. And now I can help you reduce or eliminate your tax debts and end your tax nightmare. Hi, I'm Dan Pilla. I've helped thousands of people reduce and eliminate tax debts they couldn't pay. And after more than 30 years of experience dealing with the IRS, I can tell you there's no such thing as a hopeless tax case. And with the IRS's new policies, it's easier than ever to put your tax debt behind you once and for all. Call now at 800-346-6829 to learn how I can help you. You know your IRS debt will not go away by itself, but you don't have to live in fear anymore. Call 800-346-6829. Learn how I can help you eliminate wage and bank levies, release tax liens, and negotiate a settlement with the IRS that will put your tax nightmare behind you forever. Call 800-34-NO-TAX or go to TaxHelpOnline.com. That's TaxHelpOnline.com.
9: What's safer and cheaper than
18: prescription drugs? Glad you asked. The answer is Renovation Teas. Herbal remedies are much safer and much cheaper than prescription drugs. Taste great, and most importantly, herbal teas are effective and non-addictive. Renovation Tea is especially unique, and here's why. We spent years researching herbs and their beneficial properties. If you want to approach companies with your invention, the first step is to secure your patent rights. We are Russ Weinzimmer & Associates, a national law firm dedicated to helping you get strong protection for your invention. Already selling a product based on your invention? There may still be time to lock in your rights. Just call us at 800-621-3654 for your confidential free consultation. Or visit strategicpatentlaw.com. That's strategicpatentlaw.com.
5: Stop wasting countless hours scouring the web for survival gear when you can visit GearUpCenter.com. We specialize in the latest, most innovative products you can't find anywhere else. Products like the Crowville Multi-Tool, Aquaponic Systems, and our fully loaded Bug Out Survival Trailer. Tim Rawson here. I created gear Up Center to bring you the latest quality-tested survival gear at the best price. Be sure to catch me again next season on National Geographic's Doomsday Prepper, where I'll be demonstrating my new Excalibur Shotgun Adapter System. Get the gear your life can depend on at GearUpCenter.com. And remember, prepare for the worst and hope for the best.
10: You're listening to The Tech Night Owl live with Gene Steinberg. You never know what's going to happen next.
0: Brian Chaffin of the Mac Observer joins us. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in The Tech Night Owl live. Anything set the judge in the e book price fixing trial involving the Department of Justice and Apple? The judge was wrong. Okay. So all things being equal, there has to be a second trial to determine damages. This is not a criminal suit. This is a legal suit where the penalty is a fine or damages. Yeah, the DOJ is not even pursuing
17: damages, though. They're they're pursuing a a, a change of behavior.
0: So there's no money involved here. It is that Apple is told, don't do that. Now, at this point, since the publishers have already settled with the department of justice, all they have to go back to do is
17: change their agreement with Apple. That has already happened. Most of these changes that will occur have already occurred because the publisher settled. So Apple's conviction is not really going to have much of an effect on the publishing part of the, on iBooks or on Kindle or on the Nook. Um, it, it this conviction at this point is going to have the effect of opening Apple to class action lawsuits looking for damages for, for their price fixing, as well as um, any chilling effect that Apple encounters trying to make additional deals in other media-related uh, industries in particular.
0: So this would impact their dealings with the entertainment industry?
17: Absolutely. It, okay. could, it could, have a huge,
0: could have a huge impact. So we realize Apple said they're going to appeal. So you go to the Second Circuit Court to appeal, I gather. Yeah. And they in, this, may, in this
17: case, yes. Sure. And then they may make a decision. And if Apple isn't satisfied, they go to the U.S. Supreme Court. Yeah, or the DOJ could appeal. If Apple wins on appeal in the second, um, the DOJ could appeal. And it would go, I think, at that point to the – is there is there a th- another – I don't is there, I can't remember if there's another intermediate step before the Supreme Court.
0: Regardless, it takes at least a couple of years for all this to be resolved. It's going to take a long time. All right. So it's 2013. It's going to be 2015 when this happens. And the other issues, of course, are that maybe the complement of the Supreme Court is different
17: then. It's true. It could be. I don't think there's going to be. Well, I mean, the Supreme Court is traditionally business. I'm sorry. This Supreme Court is traditionally business friendly. But Um, as I said, it's possible that
0: one or two of those justices might be replaced. It doesn't mean that the new ones won't be
17: business friendly. Correct. I would imagine that the conservative members of the court are going to not retire under the current administration. Unless they um, get hit by a car. Accidents do, in fact, happen. I'm certainly, uh, as, as much as I disagree with them, I'm certainly not wishing.
0: Well, nobody is. But the point being that unless they happen. become seriously ill, or are otherwise rendered unable to complete their jobs, you can bet that they'll try to hang on until there is a hope for Republican administration.
17: Correct. On the
0: uh, more liberal side of the bench... Um... They will be working on respirators before they quit. <laughs> well, they'll quit now because they figure they'll be replaced by someone with a like point of view. But if that stretches to a new administration with a different political party in control, the respirators will be brought out. That is, yeah, the the the
17: exactly. It'll it'll be reversed if a Republican were to win in 2016. Um, the liberal side of the bench would would obviously want to stick around. But the point is that Apple probably has a good shot at w- winning in front of the Supreme Court, which is I think extra ironic in that uh, Apple is a corporation does support things that the conservative side of the bench does uh, uh, opposes, such as uh, gay marriage equality. Exactly. So
0: maybe it's better for Apple for this to have happened now. And if they can't win in the appeals court, it goes to the Supreme Court, assuming the Supreme Court is going to bother. And they might bother because of the fact that it impacts a big industry. And you've now got a major American business that's under the gun by this overreaching Department of Justice, I'm using the point of view of the opposition party, mm-hmm. and Apple could possibly win, and that's the end of it. But then, Thanks. of course, no one will ever do anything with regard to Amazon, except right now Amazon can't sell e-books for less than they paid for them.
17: No, they can. So that's can the end again. of that problem. No, they can again. Oh, they can. Okay. Absolutely. That's, that's, that's the deal, is that the agency model... Uh, and the Most Favored Nation Clause, uh, the publishers had to agree to stop that as part of their settlements, their settlements in which they admitted no wrongdoing. So Amazon is free to dump books again. And I'm assuming at some point, Amazon is going to start doing just that again. Well, if the publisher is getting what they're supposed to get, it doesn't make a
0: difference what anyone sells a product for. I mean, loss leaders are common in a lot of businesses. A lot of times a business will do that to bring in traffic or for cash flow.
17: Yeah, that, that's absolutely true. And, it, and it's a great point. Uh, loss leaders are, in fact, um, a standard operating procedure for a lot of retailers. The problem is that Amazon wasn't using loss, targeted loss leaders to bring people in. Amazon was dumping every bestseller. So, what happens is that you're training customers to value um, uh value that product less, and that was having a significant impact on uh print hardback sales uh, so a lot a lot of those uh, a lot in other words a lot of those Kindle sales were not new sales to the publishers but rather Cheaper sales for the ebooks as opposed to the hardbacks, and the hard, hardbacks are very very profitable for for publishers and again please please understand here i 'm not worried about publishers making a profit for the sake of making a profit i 'm worried about the effect that not making a profit has on the product that I get to uh, to, to consume in this case books so I, what I happens want, want here it maybe it
0: makes it more difficult for publishers to succeed with traditional print books, which is unfortunate because Whatever else you think about iBooks and Kindle, I guess it's convenient. There's nothing like having a physical book.
17: Nothing. Yeah, you know, I'm one of those guys. I love physical books. I love, 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 love. I have shelves of physical books. I love physical books. And I read every book on my uh, my iPad these days because it's just so convenient. The experience is, is, it's a different experience, even though I still love books.
0: No, I understand, I'd never gotten into ebook reading, and I go back to the days of the rocket ebook reader back in the 1990s. Sure. And I tried it a couple of times, and I would read a few pages. Ah, I got my first iPhone, and I downloaded a couple of free books, and I read a few pages, and I said, "This is not the same thing. Nope. There is something more. And I think tests have shown that the ability to retain what you've read is slightly better. This is not superstition or mysticism, folks. The ability to retain what you've read is slightly better with a physical book compared to an ebook. I understand you want to read something fast on the go. You're taking public transportation. You don't know what you want to read. You've got the whole library there. You've got a thousand books there, whatever it is. You read the book that you want. You don't have to worry about which one you brought with you, whether the book was left in the train or the bus. You don't have to worry. The convenience of an e-book we understand, but if you want a book to just enjoy the experience of reading, the physical book is best. And nobody's going to change my mind. I've tried. Maybe I'm just too old.
17: I, I, I tell you the the thing, the thing. For, there's two killer features. Uh, besides the things you just mentioned, but there's two killer features for me for reading my books on an iPad. One, I never have to remember what page I'm on. I will sometimes read for two or three, you know, four minutes. If I'm waiting for someone, I'll sit down and start start reading. And when you're reading in short stretches like that, for me, it becomes very difficult to remember what page I'm on. And I will not mar my book by, you know, doggering a a page or even sticking a bookmark in it. So, From that standpoint, it saves me an enormous amount of time just to be able to just pick it up and it opens to my page. That's awesome. But the other thing is reading in bed, when you've got a hardback, and I I was reading a lot of hardbacks, and it's a thick hardback, you know, like depending on what part of the book you're in, like you might need to like, you know, lay on this side or lay on that side to read with an iBook, with an iPad, doesn't matter. Hey, we've got Brian Chaffin of the
0: Mac Observer joining us. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Out Live.
11: (laughs)
7: Are you tired of searching for great talk radio? Something more important. Search no more. We are the GCN Radio Network.
8: Attack of the Rockoids has been well received by critics and readers alike. It's a -a thrill-a-minute story you'll never forget. A former U.S. military intelligence officer is haunted by intense dreams about a beautiful woman pleading for his help after a terrible battle in outer space. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors, classic science fiction at its best, available now. For more details, visit Rockoids.com. That's R O C K
21: O I D S.com. There's a huge and hushed up conspiracy going on that's about to turn your lives upside down in the coming few months. Unbelievably, the media are keeping quiet about this. I'm sure they know it, but they probably know that revealing it on TV will generate mass hysteria and chaos. But I believe you should be informed about it, because when the sinister agenda is finally accomplished and everything unravels, only those who know this secret info will survive and thrive. Go to 123conspiracy.com right now to see the truth. The video at 123conspiracy.com reveals the real, secret reason why Obama is after your guns and ammo. And it's not just in response to mass murders or preparing for war. It's something much darker. Go watch the video now at 123conspiracy.com before they shut it down. Again, that's 123conspiracy.com.
3: What does freedom mean to you? about the freedom to take control of your own future? At eFoods Direct, we're again celebrating Food Freedom Month. In July, for every $329 you spend on our highly nutritious, great-tasting food, you will receive a $190 Patriot Pack free. For example, purchase a six-month supply and get three Patriot Packs free. The Patriot Pack is a 24-day supply of eFood's quick-fix, easy-to-store food, plus stove, fuel, and cooking. Pot, all in an easy-to-carry bucket. Patriot Packs are the ideal grab-and-go emergency kit for your car or to have by the back door. Perfect for your cabin or camping trip this summer. Or even simply to add more food to your supply, free. Call 800-409-5633 or go to efoodsdirect.com alex and get your free Patriot Pack with purchase. Call 800-409-5633 or efoodsdirect.com alex. And remember, free shipping every day.
10: You're listening to the Tech Night Owl live with Gene Steinberg. You never know what's going to happen next.
0: Brian Chaffin of the Mac Observer joining us. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Owl live, and we've been focusing on the fact that Apple lost in its first skirmish with the U.S. Department of Justice over e-book price fixing. So based on your feelings, and who knows, do you think Apple can get this overturned in court or just stretch it out forever?
17: The Apple does not want to stretch it out forever. One way or another, Apple needs this closed as soon as they can uh, because of other negotiations. Even if this ends up being a complete loss for Apple, it will be better for Apple to have that loss you know, in the books, so to speak, so that everybody knows what page they're on. Everybody's on the same playing field. The the uncertainty is not Apple's frontier. So I don't think Apple will drag it out uh, any more than they have to. As as a matter of fact, there will be remedial, uh, there will be a remedial prescription of some sort put in place that likely will be in place during the appeals process. Would you also assume then that
0: Apple may be privately now talking to the Department of Justice? How can we quietly make this
17: go away? I don't think Apple can make it quietly go away. The, the the DOJ dug its heels in in the first place. The DOJ leaned on the publishers as hard as it could to get their settlements. I believe that the, you know, and if you if you listen to, so Apple's statement after the fact was very, aggressively defensive saying that you know we we didn't do this this is wrong we're going to appeal it and the doj is yay we win the good guys win and consumers are protected and i don't think that apple can get this to go away other than beating it
0: or another political party takes over and then there's a new department of justice less inclined to push this stuff and the reason i say that is look what happened with microsoft when the other party took over speaking of microsoft very briefly we had hoped to have the fake Steve Ballmer with us, but he sent you a telegram, right? An old-fashioned telegram, physical
17: piece of paper. Yes, yes, indeed. Um, He sent me a physical piece of paper letting me know that uh, his uh, uh, extensive fake conversations with Microsoft employees about the reorganization has left his voice a little bit messed up.
0: Well, okay, so Microsoft is remade yet again. Yes. And there's no truth to the rumor here that Steve Ballmer used Keynote this time to make the corporate reorganization (laughs) flowchart. No, he is adamantly pro
17: Microsoft. And
0: he was using a beta version of the Windows 8 edition of Office 2013,
17: right? Maybe. I I didn't. I didn't see that. Is that true, Gene? I have no idea. Okay. No. All right.
0: So they've done this every few years. But the problem with Microsoft is not that they're going to have four divisions now. The problem is you have these little fiefdoms in Microsoft where each Division fights against the other division, so therefore they don't work together. And just having a new organizational flowchart, how's that going to change things?
17: Yeah, it, it's not because the fiefdoms aren't even the problem. The problem with Microsoft is that there's no vision at the top. There's no vision at the top. Steve Ballmer has no product vision. He's not a product guy. I, I just I can't emphasize that enough. As long as that man is at the top of that company, it will continue to languish. They need someone with product vision for good or for ill. They need someone with product vision who can, who can push through products that are great. And they don't have that. And I don't know that they have that at any other executive ranks because that company has never been about the products. I'm not saying that, that Microsoft has enormously talented people. Microsoft has enormously smart people. I'm not criticizing the people of Microsoft. What I am criticizing is the culture. You know, Microsoft's culture has never been about making great products. It just never has been. And right now we are in an era of great products. Android, for all of its problems and for all of its, the reality that it copied uh, I- iOS, certainly in the beginning, is a great product. And it's free on top of that. you know, So you've got to be really good to be able to compete with, uh, with free on the, on, the, uh, on the licensing side now when they talk about the comparison about product people
0: they'll say well tim cook is not a product guy yeah but he understands supply chain and he has people who work for him under him a complete team of product people who do know what they're doing who do know what they're talking about and working with them they could still we hope produce great products
17: Well, and what you're talking about to a certain extent is the culture. I was just talking about Microsoft culture, and that's the funny thing about Tim Cook. Tim Cook is the guy who could lead Apple after Steve Jobs because Tim Cook can preserve that culture, can transition that culture to a life after Steve Jobs. No one on the planet could have taken over Apple like Tim Cook did after Steve Jobs' death, and you know all the Tim Cook haters out there who misunderstand what's going on with Apple and and who don't understand product cycles and don't understand what Apple is doing. That's the biggest thing they don't get about Tim Cook. Tim Cook right now is making sure Steve Jobs' culture, the culture of Apple, is as close to permanently. Enshrined as it can be, no one else could do that uh, besides Tim Cook. Despite the fact that he's not a product guy, why do you say that? Well, because uh, for one thing, he has the respect of all the lieutenants. Note that that uh, there have not been mass defections out of Apple except for uh, uh, Tim f- firing Scott Forstall, a change that needed to happen. If Scott if Scott wasn't going to be in charge of Apple, he needed to go. And if 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 all those people are continuing to work with Tim, it shows that he has their respect. And, he, and so he not only has their respect, so there's continuity there. He also worked very closely with Steve Jobs, obviously. So there's continuity there. And he, he I'm not going to say he worships Steve Jobs because that's not, that's not the case. He respects Steve Jobs so much that I believe that Tim Cook sees it, it sees his mission as being to make sure that that Apple culture continues. Steve talked about uh, preserving the Apple culture. Steve talked about making sure that Apple was a company that could outlive him. Uh, you know, a, 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 and, and I believe that, that Tim Cook sees that as his mission. I don't really have a lot of evidence for that, but but I'm pretty comfortable on my gut instinct on this one. I think and a lot
0: so- of the complaints we see about Apple, too, are premature. Because oh, yeah. we now see iOS 7. We see what they're doing with OS ten Mavericks, which is yep. oriented more towards people who are serious Mac users who want things that are going to help their productivity, make the computer run faster. It seems that Apple's done that. And the problem I see with iOS 7 is they look at the changing theme and they forget loads and loads of features that are a part of that product. It's not just using a thinner type, although I understand they've now gone to a slightly thicker version of that typeface. It's how it works in the real world what new features are offered how fluid the interaction with customers are it's not whether you like the way the icons look although some people can't get past that
17: yeah well you know so it's it's funny uh yesterday we we put up a link to a site called new versus old or new a versus old it's n-e-u-e versus old.com It's v-e-s right does it make sense? So it's any any u e v s o l d dot com, and this is a, a site that someone put together that compares all of Apple's major iOS icons from the iOS seven to iOS six, and it's just a, there's just a there's comparison. You click on the one that you like, and it brings up the next two icons. You click on the one you like, etc. cetera. The, the scores afterwards, all but two, like I think the Safari the old Safari is is winning, and the old camera icon was barely winning but but uh, all the other ones the ios 7 icons are winning two three or four to one and this is with uh, tens of thousands of votes let me just say one thing before we
0: let brian go and that is one person looked at the color schemes they come from the original rainbow apple logo yeah isn't that interesting
17: okay brian chaffin where do we find more of your stuff I am at MacObserver.com. You can find my uh, personal blog at geektells.com, And I'm on Twitter at TMOBrien.
0: Okay, you can find us on Twitter where we are known as Tech Nighthowl. We are Tech TechNightHow at Twitter. You can find Gene Steinberg on Facebook. And if you do, more than likely, he's me. We have another radio show about UFOs and things that go bump in the night all about a very unusual UFO sighting where people may have suffered radiation burns discussed on the Paracast this week at Paracast.com. That's Paracast.com. Brian Chaffin, thanks for joining us on the Tech Night How Live.
17: Great to be here, man.
14: The Tech Night Hour Live is a
19: copyrighted presentation of Making the Impossible Incorporated, We'll be back next week. Same bat time, same bat channel.